well, well, here we are. It's time for another edition of Jonesing for Football as we approach week number four in this NFL season. Bill Jones along with Cody Winstead. And Cody, I still have the hangover of week number three because as we tape this edition of Jonesing for Football, I'm working on three hours sleep after covering Monday night football at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. And then I was on the Cowboys team charter, got back in here to Dallas at four o'clock in the morning. And so here we are. Bill Jones, it's football season. You don't need to sleep. Every day is a long day during football season. Everyone in the business knows that you got to deal with it. You're everywhere though, man. How was it up in uh, New York? It was good. It was good. You know, uh, obviously, on all these uh, NFL teams, well, there's some, I guess, that they might go in two days in advance if it's a long trip, but they go in the day before. And so it's actually a quick trip. People talk about, oh, you're playing on Monday night and, you know, uh, players have to sit around all day. What do they do with their free time? Uh, I don't seem to have any problem myself taking care of the free time. And, uh, and, in the Cowboys case, I mean, we didn't get into uh, New Jersey until seven o'clock on, you know, Sunday night. So uh, the co- coaches do what they can to, uh, to take care of that free time, but what a win for the Cowboys. Cooper rush, their backup quarterback has two straight wins. He's now three and oh, as an NFL starting quarterback, Cody, is there a quarterback controversy in Dallas? I don't think so, but I will admit Cooper Rush is playing very well. Uh, I'm happy that the Cowboys are two and one. They look better. The offense looks smooth with Cooper. Uh, And he seems to have a pretty good rapport with everyone. And it really looks like there's better balance with him. The run and the pass, there's a good balance with him. And so I'm excited uh, for him to start this week against Washington. And then Dak Prescott probably back in the mix. Yeah, and uh, an update on that as we approach week number four. Uh, Dak uh, worked out uh, prior to the game. Uh, he actually had, I think he had one stitch in his thumb. Uh, he had it taken out on Monday, and he's he was wearing a splint. Now, he hasn't gone to the process, although there were shots of him holding a football on the sideline. You know, the actual gripping the football and trying to throw it, uh, as we speak right now, hasn't happened yet. But uh, what he said uh, to reporters after coming off the field before the game on Monday night was uh, he hasn't ruled out Washington, but that's just Dak. Uh, That's who the Cowboys hosts on Sunday. Uh, I think more realistically, the earliest return would be in two weeks, which would be at the L.A. Rams. And then, of course, they got Philadelphia the week after that. So they're coming fast and furious. And in the meantime, these were two much-needed wins for the Cowboys over the Bengals and over the Giants, and they need to get another one. They, they need to start this season 3-1 and one because it's a tough stretch uh, with Rams, Eagles, and your Detroit Lions uh, three weeks in a row. Yeah, it's going to be a great race. All of a sudden, the NFC East, which everyone's kind of made fun of the last few years, and rightfully so in some cases, now looks like three teams over 500 through three weeks. And that might segue us right into our week for uh look ahead here you want to start with the matchup of the week yeah let's start with our favorite game like we always do bill jones your favorite game of week four and i'm pretty sure it involves one of those nfc east teams am i correct 
That's right. In fact, we do favorite game, then we do matchups, and then we do pressures on on these uh, Jonesy for Football podcast. And I think I heard Troy Aikman say, Jason Garrett said it, I know that the Philadelphia Eagles appear to be the best team in football right now. And they play in that NFC lease. Or is it the NFC beast with the Eagles? Your Eagles there in Philadelphia. And who are they playing this week? They're playing my Jacksonville Jaguars. And Jacksonville, fresh off a 24-0 win over the Indianapolis Colts, who, by the way, beat the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. Well, then Jacksonville crisscrosses the country all the way to SoFi Stadium, and they put a number on the Los Angeles Chargers to the tune of 38 to 10, which sets up the matchup. It's the Jags and the Eagles on a Sunday in Philly. And I think I recall a week ago, I was singing the praises of Trevor Lawrence. And I was, I just really like, I was intrigued by what they're doing because I looked at every play in the game against the Colts. I don't think, Cody, I went out on the limb and predicted that the Jags would win at the Chargers. Correct. Um, yeah, you didn't go it, quite that far, but you were singing Trevor's praises. Uh, I was. That. Yeah, yeah. And so I will do the same this week. I will not go so far as to say that the Jags will go into Philadelphia and beat the Eagles, but it is my favorite matchup of the week just because uh, I have kind of had an eye on what Doug Peterson is doing there in Jacksonville and how about that? Doug Peterson going back to Philadelphia uh, to take on an Eagles team that, I mean, they just, that front for the Eagles just thoroughly dominated Washington's offensive line. Carson Wentz was sacked nine times. And obviously, uh, the headliner there is what Jalen Hurts is doing at quarterback with his, uh, his weapons. And uh, the Eagles really got it going on right now. I love Philly, and you know that. And last week, they took care of their former quarterback in short order. And this week, they're going to do the same with their former head coach, uh, Doug Peterson. It's going to be a good one. By the way, Dr. Jones, who do you think is listed as the favorites to win the NFC right now? I think you know. Oh, yeah. I think I know. Yeah. Uh, How many unbeaten teams are there in? the NFC right now? Just one in the NFC, two overall. Yep. The Philadelphia Eagles, the favorites to win the NFC. Hmm, We'll see if that happens. So if the the Super Bowl was played this coming week, it would be the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Miami Dolphins, right? That is correct. Two Alabama quarterbacks going against each other, Jalen Hurts and Tua. I would like to see that. That actually might happen. Um, But anyway, uh, I like that matchup, Jags versus the Eagles. My biggest thing with Philly and the reason I liked them so much this season was not just Jalen Hurts. It was that they were terrific on the offensive line and terrific on the defensive line. And you've seen that. Howie Roseman has done a great job of adding skill players around the outside. He added A.J. Brown on the offense. He added Bradbury, Gardner Johnson on the defense. And so they have taken those two really strong units in, in the trenches and surrounded them with super talented skill players. And that's why Philly looks like the best team to me to this point. All right. So what is your favorite game of the week? Yes, sir. All right, Bill Jones. It's Chiefs 
and Bucks Sunday night football. To me, that sounds pretty delicious from a quarterback perspective. It doesn't get any better than this. Tom Brady, the greatest ever, versus Patrick Mahomes, the man most likely to surpass him as the goat. What do you think about that? And I we're going to have this debate for the next 15 years, Bill Jones. It hit me yesterday. It's going to be similar to the Jordan versus LeBron debate. One has more titles, that's Brady, while the other is going to have better stats and more individual records, that's going to be Mahomes, and we're going to go back and forth on which one is to go. It's going to be very similar to Jordan LeBron. So I ask you, do you think Mahomes has a chance to suppress Brady as the greatest player in NFL history? Okay, before I answer that question, uh, you uh, one comment you made uh, struck me. Go ahead. It doesn't get any better than this. Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. What oh, about I don't think so. What about last week? Does it no. get any better than Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers? Well, here's why I say that because Brady is clearly better than Rodgers and Rodgers will never be Brady. At least Mahomes has a chance to equal or surpass Brady. That's why I say it doesn't get any better than this. <laughs> okay. Brady All right. I'm, I'm, following, I'm following your reasoning there. Okay. okay. Now, your question to me. Does was, Mahomes have a chance to be the greatest quarterback in NFL history? Uh, how many uh, Super Bowl championships does Tom Brady have? Seven. He's Mahomes is down a lot, but he's still young, Bill John. Okay. So to answer your question, if if we're going to judge it by winning Super Bowls and all that other stuff, you don't have to stuff. judge it by Super Bowls. Only certain. I, I know. Yeah. I I don't have to, but I might. I'm not. It's, answer your question. Patrick Mahomes is not going to win seven Super Bowls. Fair, but does that mean he's not the greatest quarterback of all time? He might have more individual records and better stats. See, those mean something too. I would say he's got no chance. Okay, no chance. And that takes nothing away from Patrick Mahomes. My wife is a Texas Tech grad. Her favorite player, of course, is Patrick Mahomes. I really like Patrick Mahomes. But that bar has been set so high over a 20-year career by Tom Brady that I just don't see a quarterback coming along now you now he will have better stats because the game has evolved and you know you're gonna you get better stats as that happens. But I I just don't see it. Better stats and potentially more individual records, more MVPs. You know he'll probably have that as well. Anyway, this is the same thing as LeBron and Jordan, just for the record. All right, let me get back to the game, Bill Jones. You got me off track here. As far as this year is concerned, Mahomes has the big edge: eight touchdowns, one pick, and a one twelve rating which is third highest in the league, way more modest numbers for Brady through three weeks, three touchdowns, one pick, and an 89 rating. Sure, Tom's team has been slowed by injuries and inconsistencies on the offensive line, but Tampa just 22nd in scoring to this point. The Chiefs, on the other hand, fourth in points per game. And what I find intriguing about Kansas City, Bill Jones, Big plays. Everyone was worried about this this year without Tyreek Hill. Last year, they ranked just 15th in big plays. This year, without Tyreek, they're tied for first 
in explosive plays through three weeks. So will they be able to light up that Bucks defense that's allowed just 27 points to this point in the season? I know where I'll be on Sunday night. That is locked in to Chiefs and Bucks. How about an individual batch up, Bill Jones? Do you have one? Uh, let me uh, throw one other thing in and give a shout out to our loyal listener, Babe Loffenberg in Dallas, Texas. Okay. Uh, there's a there's a really good reason why Tampa Bay, Kansas City is going to be a better game than Tampa Bay, Green Bay. Although Tampa Bay, Green Bay came right down to the wire. The Bucs have a better chance of winning this game against Kansas City because, as Babe would say, if you're going to have me pick a game, you got to tell me who's going to play in the game. And if Mike Evans is going to play for Tampa Bay this week, and, of course, he was suspended, didn't play last week against Green Bay, that automatically gives Tampa Bay a better shot at winning a football game this week, no matter who they're playing against. Yep. For sure. Um, and Julio might be back. They've got a couple of receivers that are banged up that are that missed last week uh, that could play this week. I mean, they were so depleted at receiver last week that Cole Beasley, who was signed four days earlier, plays in that game against Green Bay on uh, Sunday. All right. He caught a pass. Uh, that's right. Three passes, in fact. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the most intriguing matchup that I've got, my favorite matchup, uh, I'm going to go Thursday night. And I'm going to go with a matchup of quarterbacks. And it reminds me of the 2019 Alabama LSU game. That's when Tua Tungavaloa's Miami Dolphins head into Cincinnati and take on Joe Burrow's resurgent Cincinnati Bengals coming off their first win of the year over the New York football Jets on Sunday. And, you know, last week when the Cowboys played the Bengals, I wanted to go back and look at Trayvon Diggs versus Jamar Chase. And the only time they had met before was in college when Trayvon was at Alabama and Chase was catching footballs from Burrow at uh, LSU. And I went back and looked at that 2019 game. What a classic between Alabama and LSU. Tua is throwing the rock around for Alabama to the likes of Jalen Waddell. Let's see. They're throwing the rock together now in Miami. And, of course, uh, there were uh, plenty others, including Jerry Judy, who was on that team with Alabama and Devontae Smith and on and on. Uh, and then LSU had Justin Jefferson to go along with Jamar Chase. And, uh, and it was a 46-41 classic game. I don't think it's going to be 46-41 on Thursday night. But I uh, do uh, like where the Dolphins are, obviously, coming off the huge win over Buffalo. Uh, and now they get tested. How do, how do they handle success as they go into Cincinnati? And, uh, the, you know, the biggest thing for Burrow and the Bengals in the first couple of weeks of the season was protecting the quarterback. He was sacked 13 times the first two weeks. And so uh, they're steadily going to get it going. And uh, maybe the win over the Jets gets them going on back on the right track. Uh, so uh, I just like. I like the, the, that Thursday night matchup. And, Young Cody, I think you might be at that game. Yes, sir. I'll be there right. on the sidelines, running around sidelines the entire time. Uh, okay. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. The stadium is going to be hyped there in Cincinnati. The Bengals going to be wearing their all-white unis, all color oh. rush. So that'll be pretty hot. I like the sound of that. Dolphins, Bill Jones, trying to go 4-0 and 
for the first time since 1995. And one thing to keep an eye on, because I have a lot of notes on this game, as you can imagine, Miami's defense played 92 snaps last week versus the Bills. So how will they look on the road on a short week against Burrow, Chase, Boyd, and Higgins? That is going to be interesting. Can I give you my uh, individual matchup or my must-see matchup, Bill Jones? Uh, yes, uh, as soon as I also uh, pass along that. Uh, so Miami started four. And I was looking when Jimmy Johnson uh, took over the Dolphins. He took over in 1996. So Shula's last year at Miami in 95, he started the year 4-0. 1995, last time wow. they were. Wow, he started the year 4-0, and and then Jimmy Johnson took over the next year. All right, go to your intriguing matchup of the week. All right, here we go. My must-see matchup. It's the league's most dominant offensive player going against the top defense in the league. Lamar Jackson welcoming the Bills to Baltimore. How good has Lamar been this year? Unreal. Let me just say that most touchdown passes in the league, 10 of them, highest passer rating in the league, 119. And he's tied for fifth in rushing yards, Bill Jones. The same amount as Christian McCaffrey, a running back. But that is Lamar Jackson. He's by far the biggest reason the Ravens are number one in points scored. And can I just make a suggestion for the Ravens front office? Just pay the guy right now before he keeps playing this well and raises his value even more. Just give the guy his money. Give him what he wants. Um, And the team tasked with stopping him this week, the Bills, a.k.a. the best defense in the league, allowing just 214 yards per game. But this isn't just a three-game sample size we're seeing from the Bills. They also led the league in yardage and points allowed last year, so that defense is stacked ton of good players, Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, Greg Rousseau, and of course, Vaughn Miller, their new addition this year. And that doesn't even include some of the guys that are injured on that defense. Ed Oliver, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, Trey White, all currently injured and missed last week's game. They could have a couple of them back this week, as a matter of fact. But So we'll see how the guys who are playing do something that no one's done to this point, and that is limit Lamar Last time these two teams faced each other, Bill Jones, 2020 divisional round. The Bills won 17-3. to They held Lamar to just 196 yards and zero touchdowns. Pumped to see the rematch. Sunday, 1 p.m. on CBS. Going to be a good one. You know, and uh, one of the questions that I had about uh, the Ravens coming into the season was the wide receiving core. Devin Duvernay has really played very well. Of course, he I think he made the Pro Bowl last year as a special teams guy, as a return guy. Yep. But uh, Duvernay has really added something to their offense. They finally started using him on offense, and he's a great deep threat. And, of course, he's the cousin of Kyler Murray. I don't know if you knew that or not. I only knew that because you told me uh, about a month ago. So I did That's write right. that down in my notebook. It, oh, and your, your own, you have a, your own big green notebook? Oh, you learned so well from me, young Cody. No, I put it in my Google Doc. That's actually what I did. Oh, yeah. This this generation's version of the Big Green Notebook. You're right. (laughs) Big Green Google Doc. Uh, There you go. (laughs) All right. Well, I love that matchup. And uh, all right. So who's the pressure on this week? 
Can I go? You, you're more than welcome to. All right, let me go. And, and then I'll hit you with a big shot. I got, okay, I got yeah. a big. I'm going off, off the charts with my. Who's the pressure on this week? Okay, you go first. Uh, I'll lead us off here. Pressure's on Dennis Allen, the Saints' head coach. His team heads to London this weekend to face the Vikings. New Orleans, one and two this season, but could easily be zero and three. And I have a lot of friends that are Saints fans. And talking to them this preseason, they loved their team. They told me about all the talent. They told me how Jameis was returning from injury. They told me how their defense was going to be great under Dennis Allen. And my response was always the same. You realize Sean Payton's gone, right? (laughs) You realize Jameis Winston is your quarterback, right? And so, yes, the Saints are talented. And I would tell them, you're going to finish 9-8. and or eight and nine, you're either going to sneak into the playoffs or you're barely going to miss it. But one of those is going to happen. And to this point this season, it's been exactly what I expected. Winston, more picks than touchdowns, bottom 10 in points scored. They're middle of the pack defensively. And their schedule is not getting any easier, Dr. Jones. Bengals, Ravens, Rams, Niners, Bucks, Browns with Deshaun Watson. And the Eagles still ahead. The Saints really need to beat the Vikings on Sunday morning because they can't fall to one and three. So the pressure is on Dennis Allen. How about you, Bill Jones? I like that. I like that. Okay. Uh, I'm going a different route with my pressures on this week. Um, have you noticed anything through the first three weeks of this season in terms of Points scored in this league? I have. And can I just quickly say, a lot of very low fantasy football scores. I bet. Attention. I bet. I bet it's really affecting fantasy football. All right. How many teams in the NFL in week three were able to score 30 or more points? I'm going to guess five. Five teams scored 30 or more points this weekend? Yeah, without Cody, thinking about it, that's my guess. That's probably I, uh, yeah, you, you probably what? That's probably about average for this for the season. That's my guess. Well, you would be wrong, young Cody. Dang. You would be way wrong, young Cody. Really? There were only two teams that scored 30 or more points this week. That would be your Baltimore Ravens scored 37. And my Jacksonville Jaguars scored 38 against the Chargers. Every other team, and of course it was a full slate of games, the 30 other teams all scored under 30 points. And there were all, what were we had an 11-10 game? Second time in NFL history that a a game ended in an 11-10 final score. I quickly did my research on that. Pittsburgh beat the Chargers, I think, in 2008, 2009, 11 to 10. Only other time before Sunday night when the Broncos came from behind to beat the Niners 11 to 10. Two of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the game going at each other in Tampa. And what was the final score? It was 14 to 12. Yep. Okay. So I did some further research. Through the first three weeks of this season, and this is why the pressure is on the offenses in this league, okay? Through the first three weeks of this season, only 13 times has a team scored 30 or more points. 
Okay, you've got three weeks, 48 games, so 96 chances at 30 or more points, and it's only happened 13 times. Wow. Go back to last year, first three weeks of the season, 29 times teams scored 30 or more points. So 13 this year, 29 last year. Go back to the COVID year in 2020, it was 39 times wow. that a team scored 30 or more points the first three weeks of the season. And I think that right there illustrates when you go back to that COVID year and you remember how little coaches were able to have their players on site. Look, Think of defensive coaches, and they were doing all the Zoom meetings, and they were, had very little time on task on a practice field. And they, so they had to simplify things as far as their defenses go, and it showed up immediately that season with 39 times in the first three weeks of the season. That has to be a record. I haven't, didn't have time to go back and look. The year before, it was like 19 times, I think, something like that. But anyway, or it was in the 20s, I think. Uh, so it came down to 29 last year. Now we're down to 13 this year. And I think a lot of it has to do not only with defenses and what they're doing, but these offensive lines. I mean, we're getting injuries left and right on the offensive line. And these guys, uh, the, whether it's resulting in sacks or not, but quarterback hurries have to be up this year, and it's really affecting what the offenses are able to do. Usually, it's the offense with the big advantage early in the season. The weather's warm, so quarterbacks are slinging it. And actually, as we get closer towards the winter and the new year, that's really when the scores come down and the defenses kind of gain an advantage when it's snow, there's snow you, or it's cold, and you know it's um, it takes some of that skill from the offense. And kind of equals it out a little bit. You sound like Bill Parcells. Bill Parcells used to talk about that all the time, how the scores come down in December. You got to be able to win December football. We're playing December football in September. And that gets back to the top of the show in Cooper Rush. Why has Cooper Rush been successful with the Cowboys as their backup quarterback replacing Dak Prescott. He's taking care of the football. And the offensive line, which has been a makeshift offensive line with the injuries they've had, they've done enough to uh, give him time. He had no sacks. The Giants got did not sack him on Monday night. The week before against Cincinnati, the Bengals only got to him once, and they've been able to establish a run game this week, whatever. That allows a guy like Cooper Rush, if he will take care of the football, to have success. I'm excited, man. This is going to be a great week. Last week's schedule, week three schedule, just a few good games on the on the on the slate, but not this week. You're looking at kind of games you got to watch every time slot, and that's what I know I'll be doing. One o'clock, four o'clock, and of course Chiefs and Bucks on Sunday night. It's going to be great. And you got the Sunday morning game too. Great point. <laughs> All day on Sunday. I know what so- I'm doing. So we've got we've got a Thursday night window of Cincinnati Miami this week, yep. and then we've got four windows on Sunday, and then the Monday night. It's a great weekend, right? Life is good. That's what they say, right, Phil Jones? Life is okay. Good. All right, that does it for this edition of Jonesing for Football. Thanks to Babe Loffenberg and all the other listeners out there, and we will chat at you again next week.